Blackstone Audiobooks presents 25 Things to Say to the Interviewer to Get the Job You Want. Being Qualified Isn't Enough by Dexter Hawk. Why You Should Read This Book If you're looking for a job that lets you do what you're good at, pays you what you're worth, read this book. And if you want to make your dreams come true, read it over and over again. It takes a lifetime to learn these life lessons, but you don't have that kind of time. And no one is going to teach them to you. There just aren't that many good bosses around. Most of them are selfish, busy, or under the gun. Here's a one-of-a-kind book that'll teach you how to get past interviewers. But that's the half of it. It'll also teach you the life lessons you need to succeed in business, in your career, in your life. When you finish reading this book... You'll know that it takes most successful people at least half a lifetime to learn. Lucky you found it. How to get the job you want. You instinctively know being qualified isn't enough, and you're right. There are thousands of qualified people around. They send out resumes, they go on interviews, they jump through company hoops, but only a few get the jobs they want. How? By telling the interviewer what he wants to hear. That's the way to get the job you want. By the way, think of cover letter and resume readers as interviewers, too. They just don't do it face-to-face. -face. Don't fret. Don't ponder why. That's the way life is. Interviewers are life's gatekeepers. They stand between you and the job you want. You get past them so you can work, pay your bills, and live your dreams. 25 Secrets You Should Know The interviewer doesn't want to hear a recitation of your resume. By the time he's interviewing you, he's already read your resume. He knows you're qualified. That's not the issue anymore. You wouldn't be in his office if it were. He now wants to hear 25 things from you, 25 secrets you should know before your job interview. He won't tell you what they are. We will. 25 things to say to the interviewer to get the job you want, written the way you say them, so you won't forget. You can also glance at the quick summaries just before your interview. Take them to heart, live them, and use them. They'll get you past interviewers, supercharge your career, and enrich your life. Every facet of it, so don't wait another minute. Let's get started now. Uh, before we get started, remember these. Think of each interview as your only interview. This might add to your tension, but it'll focus your mind. Same thing with your cover letter and resume. Except, in your cover letter, work in half a dozen of the 25. The interviewer gives you one chance to make an impression, to corral the job. Look good, dress well, act confident, stand tall. Speak with passion and a full voice. Look him in the eye, smile, and give him a firm handshake. Now, read on, and go make your dreams come true. 1. I don't guess or assume anything. And I don't like uncertainty. I never say, I thought so-and-so was going to do such-and-such. -such. Nor do I say, I've got that deal in the bag. I only bank on what I've worked hard to conceive to plan, to create. I don't play the odds with my work either. I have a bad feeling they won't go my way. 
They never do. Haphazardly managed tasks usually turn out badly. I've gone down that track and learned the hard way. I do rely on people, and I do delegate. That's the way I get my work done fast. But I don't make assumptions or decisions without knowing my mission, without being sure of the facts, before checking with everyone, and without nailing down my sources. Things change. Alliances shift. New facts come into play. People change their minds. Guesses aren't good enough. Bosses hate uncertainty. Their job is always to make sure to nail down. Reliance on the presumed performance of other people, or even computers, will only disappoint you and your boss. And disappointed bosses are deadly for your career. Besides, other people don't always have your success in mind, nor do their agendas always coincide with yours. Two, I'm ready for problems before my boss and they are staring me in the face. People make mistakes, things go wrong, colleagues go on vacation, subordinates don't show up, computers crash, equipment breaks. That's the way life is, in the office, on the factory floor, anywhere. I set aside a little extra time and think of a few backup plans before the deadline and my boss are staring me in the face. I go over my checklist. I call everyone. I send reminder emails. I make sure my team talks to each other. I let everyone know how things are going every step of the way, and I give my boss regular updates. There's a sweet payoff. I'll face fewer ugly surprises, fewer foul-ups, and therefore fewer problems, fewer headaches. And I won't be scurrying around at the last minute, nor will I be badgering my team. No cold sweat, no fire-breathing bosses. No one really cares how you got the job done or who or what caused you problems. Everybody has problems. You're not the only one. All your boss cares about is whether the job is done. You had the responsibility. Now he looks to you to get it done and done right. Be a professional-grade doer. Don't disappoint him. He won't give you very many chances. Three, I stand up and take responsibility when things go wrong. I never blame anyone else, especially when I know I botched it. It's my fault. Laying blame on a subordinate, colleague, supplier, a new hire, or a computer is the painless way out. I know, and laying it on a customer or my boss is out of the question. I don't even think about it. Since things went wrong while I was in charge on my project or on something with my name on it, I deserve the blame and take the hit. I also take the responsibility for taking care of it, for fixing it, for patching up ruffled feathers, and I learn from the disaster, so I won't repeat it. Nor will it happen again while I'm in charge, because I know the second time around, boss trouble will be knocking on my door. I don't want to disappoint my friends, nor do I want to thrill my enemies. Bosses like people who stand up and say, "It was my fault. I'm sorry. I'll fix it, and it won't happen again." This will give you more points than if you try to pass it off on a subordinate, supplier, colleague, a new hire, or a computer. And lightning will strike if you even mention a customer or your boss, or heaven forbid, you acted befuddled. Don't be a wimp. Be bold. 
Your boss wants to know he can count on you when something goes wrong. Four. I crank out more work than is expected of me. I'd like people to know who I am, what I'm doing, and what I'm accomplishing. My colleagues, my boss, and his boss, people who'll determine my business fate. I don't want to be a cubicle dweller forever. The only tried and true way is to crank out more work, to come in early, to put in ten, twelve-hour days, to come in on Saturdays, to work all night, and to bunk in my office if I have to. The payoff: more work, harder tasks, and tighter deadlines, but also bonuses, raises, and promotions. These are the enduring laws of business. I also know I have to be mindful not to show up my coworkers, and never my boss, or demand too much of my subordinates. They might resent my hard work or my riding herd, which in the end will antagonize my colleagues and dishearten my team, whose spirited hard work underpins my rise, and whose brawn shields my fall. Hunkering down and cranking it out, no matter what anybody says. Is the only sure way to the top. Hard work doesn't kill people. Boredom and disease do. Not many people slacked their way or sweet talked their way to the top. You've always known this, so the sooner you get started on hard work, the sooner you'll get to the corner office, where you'll have to work even harder. Five. I compete fair and square. I'm competitive. I want to win, I want to succeed, but never at the price of ravaging the careers of people I work with, toying with their livelihoods, admonishing them for effect, or doing things that even come close to being underhanded.